The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome to the Acme Packing Company podcast feed. I'm Justice Mosqueda. This is the Repack. Um, I'm joined here by Evan Tex Western. Say what's up, people, Tex. Oh, what's up, everybody? I am tired. I'm physically tired, and I'm tired of watching bad football. That's kind of the vibe that I'm getting <laughs> from just, like just about everyone. I think it was who is it? Was it Zach? That tweeted out, uh, Zach Cruz uh, tweeted out like last week. He was like, I don't know if it's just because I'm used to good Packers football or what, but like seeing them stink up the joint has made it less exciting for me this year. And I'm like, yeah, I don't really blame you for that, especially, you know, you guys in Wisconsin. I mean, you guys got Dame and the Bucks and all that stuff. So you guys got that <laughs> to look forward to. That's um, right. Green Bay Packers, they lose uh, 1917 to the Denver Broncos. And a game that feels weird. It felt like Green Bay was getting blown out the entire game. I know, you know, halftime it was only uh, 9-0. Um, doesn't feel like a two-point game to me, especially no. against this Denver Broncos team that, again, came into this game with one win, right? Um, when I previewed the game with Ben Albright, you know, both of us kind of came away thinking, like, both fan bases are looking at this and being like, oh, hey, this is an easy one. We should get the easy one. And I said, someone's going to come out sorely disappointed. That is the Green Bay Packers. Um, at one point, Dentavian Wicks had the deepest throw of the game, or deepest completion of the game, because uh, Jordan Love threw that that nine ball to Jaden Reed in double coverage. Um, and he also had the deepest catch. So shout out to, to uh, Dentavian Wicks, who consistently getting open, not getting the ball. Um, but we at least got the one for 17, which hit the over again every yep. week the wicks is wicks over is going to hit and it's just off of one reception it's yeah this was uh it was a couple weeks ago when we saw it at seven and a half uh for the for the yardage over under for him and it was the same number this week so good job good job Dontavian. one of the few bright spots in this team today the Minnesota Vikings play on Monday night football that's the Packers next opponent um they're going to be out Justin Jefferson and Marcus Davenport have you seen what the line for this game is yet? Uh, 49ers coming into Minnesota. No, it's got to be something no, 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 enormous. No, no, no. The, the oh, Packers-Vikings. Packers, 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 it's in Green Bay. I mean, it's what? Packers Packers by two, maybe? It's Packers by one. That's absurd. Ooh. This Packers team should not be favored over anyone. No. Um, I, uh. <laughs> before we really get into like some of the nitty-gritty stuff here, I want to talk kind of about 
like expectations and what happens when expectations are met and uh, the political nature of the NFL, right? Um, we always hear, you know, nepotism hires, nepotism hires, nepotism hires. Well, part of that is because of this caddy game that everyone plays that is uh, office politics, right? Um, start this off with a story. Uh, when I was with the XFL, I worked with a guy named Doug Whaley. Doug Whaley, uh, I don't know if he had the official title of general manager, but he was acting as the general manager um, for the Buffalo Bills. I would have to look that up. Um, Doug Whaley told us one time that uh, there was an outgoing president or something in Buffalo one of his years, and he basically came into the room and said, hey, I'm retiring next season, and I want my legacy to be that we brought the Buffalo Bills you know, their next starting quarterback. And I want you guys to draft that guy in the first round. And the scouting department says, the highest graded quarterback we have in this draft is a third round grade. And he says, I don't care. So they trade back in the first round and draft this guy. This guy's name is EJ Manuel. <laughs> Did not work out great, right? Um, I talked to a lot of people actually over this week, not even today, um, kind of over the bye too, about – just generally head coaching openings, right? And what, what people kind of expected there. And what I kind of got back on the floor stuff was that like they're they're kind of like a surprising maybe in terms of changing over at head coach. Mm -hmm. Now things would have to go poorly. Um but but things are going, going poorly right yeah, now. <laughs> things are going <laughs> poorly right now. Everyone when you're talking about job security, right? And like this office politics thing. They're all working on different timelines, and this isn't this isn't anything revolutionary. But like, I want you to think of these people as characters, right? And and, and put yourself in their shoes and and what they want to get done. Mark Murphy wants to leave the legacy in Green Bay, and that's going to end with the twenty twenty five NFL draft, right? So he has one more season to be able to kind of get this thing turned around. Um, is he going to do anything drastic? before that happens I, I i don't know like is he gonna be a a rock the boat on my way out type of guy or does he just want to keep things going and leave that for the next guy right um i think that's a pretty big question especially yeah. when i was talking to these people who um some of them obviously work uh as representation for coaches right um those are the people who really care about this stuff and have the information and their their, their question was really like so if Green Bay does make a move at head coach, what does that even look like, right? Because the Packers yeah. for so long have been this draft and develop program. Do they think they can continue that? Do they think that's part of the problem that they're in right now? Like all those things. Um, the Packers also, if you put yourself in the shoes of Brian Gutekunst, right? Um, what is the narrative right now? with Jordan Love and what is it internally, right? Jordan Love isn't playing good, dot, 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 why, right? Is LaFleur the guy who, you know, four years of development with, with Love, should he have been able to get more out of him? Did you pick the bad quarterback? If you picked a bad quarterback, that's a real tough position to be in because the other quarterback that you traded away, one, he's a Hall of Fame, and I'm, I'm not disagreeing about um, moving on at the time that they did. I think they needed to do it just – from like the cap situation, like it, it didn't, it never made sense for Aaron Rodgers to come back to this team that was unable to make it to the playoffs last year. Right. Um, 
with Aaron Rodgers saying all those things about, you know, hey, the front office structure needs to change and all these things. And um, what what does that mean? Do, do, is moving on from love accepting defeat on that? Or is that a hill that you die on to <laughs> justify your existence, right? Like, we have all these things that are up in the air that it's like, okay, so love failing. What does that mean for the organization from like a 30,000 feet standpoint, right? And I think that's what everyone's trying to figure out right now. Because I don't think anyone really knows what the hell is going on in Green Bay or or what will happen if if, if love doesn't work, right? Yeah. Well, getting, I mean, along those, the lines of those politics things, right? It's not often that an NFL GM gets a second chance at drafting a quarterback after the first one flames out, yeah. especially if you draft a, a, one in the first round and, and make him your guy. And especially in a situation like this where, um, so you've... public and you pissed off a guy yep. who would then win two MVPs yeah. and on the way out was like, you know, you couldn't contact me and all that stuff. And Green Bay does it in a different way than everyone else. And, Maybe there are some flaws in the system. Maybe it is a flaw of the system mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, Lucas Van Ness isn't getting on the field right now. And Rashawn Gary really took three years to develop. And now he's coming up and you got to pay him. And apparently they're having disagreements. I mean, that's something I talked about, I think, on this podcast like uh, a couple of weeks ago where I was like, you know, the little birdies are saying the Rashawn Gary deal is going to get done soon. There's been a hiccup there. Right. And now yeah. it's like, OK, well. Are we ever going to get plus value out of Rashawn Gary if we paid a first round pick and he was only, you know, Rashawn Gary for, uh, you know, probably a season and a half on his rookie deal. And now he's going to get paid like he's Miles Garrett or something like that. Right. Um, yeah. Maybe there are flaws in the draft and develop system that they have and they keep making more picks and all that stuff. And, <laughs> you know, wide receiver is a thing that people brought up, you know, all off season. They're like, you know, the Packers should add, Charvis Landry for some reason or, or guys like that and it's like you're taking away one of the mouths that we're supposed to be feeding if we're doing that right and and we're supposed to be giving these young guys reps so therefore in a couple of years we're gonna be in a good spot but even right now like we're in cap debt right now we're gonna be in cap debt next year too yep and if we don't take our medicine then we're gonna be in cap debt again in 2025. So now we are, we're put in a position where they're trying to be win now, but they need to be developing, but they're not because of the job security stamp. Like there's, there's a lot of confusing things up in the air right now. Yeah. A lot of conflicting things. Yeah. And, and it, it makes me really wonder, like you said, with Murphy, you know, with, with his deal being, being up and him, you know, going into retirement after the draft in 25, what does the, what does Murphy and the boards vision of a timeline for Gutekinds look like, right? Are they, are they committed to him to, to ride out through this cap hell, you know, this year and next year and come out on the other side in 25 and and see what he can do. Or is this a, um, you have to find a way to be competitive given the constraints that you've kind of put on yourself with the Roger situation and with, with the, the cap being what it is these last couple of years. I don't know. Um, I don't know that we'll, you know, we, we certainly, can speculate at this point what that looks like, but um, you know, I wonder if there's if there's some little bit of extra leniency he gets because COVID is in there and and played with the cap a little bit too. Um, those those couple of years, you know, who knows? There's again, there's so many variables in play here um, that it's it's impossible from from the outside looking in to to really 
feel like you have any clear direction on what this team is going to do um, if things continue going south like this. Yeah. The the internal narrative is the biggest thing. And that's the thing we, we just simply do not have answers for. I don't, I don't know how they're going to handle failure really is yeah. what this is. Um, doesn't help that the offense looks sloppy, right? Um, if you want to, <laughs> if you, if you want to find a scapegoat, right, that would be an easy one. Um, they can't run the correct routes at receiver. The leading receiver today, uh, do you know who it is by any chance? I'm, I'm looking at it. It's AJ Dillon with 34 yards. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, um, I, on, on the bright side, AJ Dillon broke a tackle on that 29 yard catch and run that he had. So that was nice. That was he did. something. Yeah. <laughs> so he got that going for him. Um, it just looks like a sloppy offense right now. I, I don't think they're performing well. Up front, this was supposed to be a really easy matchup in terms of defensive personnel up front. I know we said that yeah. kind of about the Raiders, but the Raiders still had Max Crosby, and I don't think anyone really gave them problems outside of Max Crosby. In this game, it was just like, why aren't our linemen better? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I, I know it seems simple, but, like, why is Rasheed Walker getting a false start every other play? Like, yeah. why is why is Myers still missing all these blocks? Um, and I know he dealt with the injury for a little bit and stuff like that, but just not I mean, good i mean totally discombobulated yeah and and again another first half with no points on the board and and only one opportunity to to even potentially put any points on the board that too but then also like it, the first half thing is so weird because people make it out to be like oh and then the second half the packers are juggernauts and i'm like one one of them what the the play to dobbs that there was a questionable call Gene Steratore said that it should have been an interception. The the pool reporters afterwards said that it was the correct call, but like Dobbs didn't rip that ball away from Pat Sertan by any means. And then the second one um, just goes <laughs> through his hands. Oh my God. That ends up with Jaden Reed. Like That's one of the most bizarre plays I think I've seen in a long time. Yeah. So kudos to, to Jaden Reed for having some quick reflexes to, to haul that thing in. But, but I mean, both of those scores, yeah. right? Like they, we're talking like if an inch goes differently. Oh yeah, those don't, those aren't on the board, right? Mm-hmm. And what the game is, three, three to nineteen. Like that's yeah. a terrible performance. Um, Jordan Love probably had his best game in a month. Um, and he had 180 yards passing. Like yeah, and and again, both of those touchdowns came on right. Rough throws too. So, yeah, I know. Lafleur said that he was making good decisions most of the day, and was like he was around seventy five percent most of the night, right? And it's like, all right, man. If we want to be ticky tacky, like, sure, this team can't throw deep, and you're asking him to throw deep all the time. That's a problem. And if that there was, yeah, and there was that third down where they they threw the fade to Dobbs in the end zone, and. They had screen. the screen. They said on, it was a screen. They had the screen called, and the screen was open. I mean, if you get the ball to Jones, there, there was a some somebody had a screenshot going around of of he had two blockers out in front and space to move. So, mm, mm. this is going to be a uh, Dobbs week on my Twitter page. By the way, <laughs> um, I said, you know, hey, how many times do we have to throw Dobbs these these contested balls before we realize like his hands aren't as strong as people make them out to be. And then everyone and their mother was came out of the woodwork on the, on the uh, touchdown for uh, that. He had on Pat Sertan with that contested catch. They're like, Oh, strong hands. Now I'm like, 
They both Ooh. caught it. He didn't rip it away from him. Yeah. What are we talking about? So uh, I, I'll probably make a super cut of all of his drops over the last two seasons at some point on Twitter to uh, make people mad <laughs> because I'm frustrated that he's getting all of these targets. It just it doesn't make sense to me. That and then uh, we got the uh, other beautiful one, the two raid deep shot that we were like, <laughs> and, and those. Why two raid only comes on the field for deep shots. Yep. I don't think I've ever seen him come down with one. I don't know why we're doing it. And uh, that's the that's the play that Love threw the interception on. So mm-hmm. I do not know. Um, as far as quarterback options, what do you do? The Packers are picking seventh uh, right now because there's so many bad teams in the NFL. If you look at uh, what the projected or, or what the current uh, standings are, um, it would be Carolina's pick going to Chicago at one. Then Arizona three is car is Chicago's original pick. Four is actually the Broncos because they're two and five, while the Packers are two and four. Then the Giants, who have found a quarterback in Tyrod Taylor? Question mark. <laughs> uh, the New England Patriots that somehow ended up beating uh, the Buffalo Bills today, and then the Green Bay Packers. Um, after that is the Minnesota Vikings, who again haven't played on Monday Night Football yet, and are the Packers' next opponent. So something something to watch, but. That I, I think this is a two-quarterback draft. Um, yep. I'm about to start doing work on that. That's where we're at on Sunday, October 22nd at roughly 9 p.m. Pacific. Um, I'm going to look at uh, – what's his name? Jordan Travis. I'm going to look at the kid from Duke. I think if Elko stays at Duke, he's going to end up staying at Duke. Um, the quarterback is, is kind of what I've heard. So if Elko doesn't jump for – the Texas A&M job because Jimbo Fisher gets fired or something like that. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a good chance. Tra- uh, Jordan Travis, I can't, I get like him, Travis Hunter, like all those names just <laughs> mash up together. The Florida state quarterback might be the third one off the board. And I don't know if he's going to be a first round pick. So could be slim pickings. I, do, I legitimately don't know what you do if you're in the Packers situation. I don't think you want to like, go after a Kirk Cousins in free agency. Like that's Ugh. not, I feel like you're better off doing just another year with love than that. But if it's going to be this bad as it's been for, you know, four games or whatever, this is the first time in four games, Jordan love hit above a 70 passer rating. That's bad. It's been that's a, bad. it's been a rough stretch, but yeah, if they, if they end up sitting at seven, this is not a, this is not a franchise that I feel like I can even imagine them putting together the type of package that it would take to get from seven to, to one or two um, trading away multiple first round picks. Like that's just, that's not something that this team does. And it's hard for me to imagine a Ted Thompson disciple um, really even seriously considering that. But here's, here's another aspect again, where we talk about little politics things that I hadn't even considered. Um, the NFL draft 2025 green Bay. Can you trade that first round pick? I know that has been, that sounds dumb. Right. And you're like, you can't just not trade a a pick and all that. The Kansas city chiefs last year, right. They hosted in Kansas city last year. The Kansas city chiefs had a trade on the board um, for a pass rusher that didn't end up going down at the deadline because the owner said that we need to have that first round pick when we're hosting in Kansas city. Um, Think of the turn local turnout if the Packers don't have that pick on that first day, right? Um, they want to showcase Green Bay. They want to showcase really Wisconsin 
in general. You know, they when they announced it, they talked about people staying in Milwaukee and coming up every day to Green Bay for the events and stuff like that. Like, that's a real factor, and you can yeah. be mad about it, and you can complain that you know we're not going to get that first round pick because Aaron Rodgers got hurt. But like, it's the hand you're dealt. Like, kind of sucks, but it's the situation right now. So, yeah, I mean that's again Murphy with the. Um, you know, the legacy thing, um, that that's, I think that's a real consideration. Um, I think you're, you're totally right that, that that's something that they would, um, definitely have to take into consideration. And, um, again, that makes it that much di- more difficult for me to imagine them trading that pick, um, to, to move up in a, in a big package to get up there. Now, if you're at, I don't know, if, if you're looking at sitting at three, and you want to move up into one of those those top two. Um, I mean, again, if it's Chicago picking one, you can throw that out the window, and then you're you're looking at moving up one spot into into number two. But um, even so, then then maybe that makes that a little bit more more doable. But um, yeah, it's uh, unless they're out and out bad enough to be in pick, picking in one of those top two spots it's hard for me to imagine them ever finding a way to get up into those uh, to get either Williams or May. The other thing too, um, the Caleb Williams, Eli Manning situation (laughs) stuff. I've been told that that has a little bit more legs than people realize. And uh, for perspective, like some, something came out that it was like, uh, you know, he wants as part of his deal like part ownership of a team and stuff like like he's never he's never going to get that no that's that's never going to happen but him saying like these are the cities that I would like to be in and stuff like that I mean I don't want to call a 21 year old or maybe 20 year old like a front runner but like the dude is from Washington DC and signed up to be a quarterback at Oklahoma for Lincoln Riley and then Mm -hmm. Lincoln left and he was like yeah I'm just going to tag along at USC right like (laughs) He he does have some of that type of cachet to him and stuff like that. So, um, yeah. don't know if he would be a great fit in Green Bay. Maybe it's like a Drake May or nothing type of situation. And who knows? I mean, Drake May might be the number one pick. Honestly, yeah. I I know there are people with that opinion, and who knows? Um, before the whole uh, draft propaganda machine starts get, getting going about Caleb Williams and who he is off the field and stuff like that. Like, I I don't know anything about him in a negative light, but like we see this every year where these guys get torn down. So I wouldn't be surprised if Caleb ends up being the second quarterback off the board instead of being the top guy. So who knows, who knows what the situation is going to be like. Um, Packers aren't in a good spot right now. It sucks to lose football games. Yeah. And it sucks to be talking about this and thinking about this after what, seven, eight weeks this season. And, uh, we're already looking at trying to figure out what this team is going to do in the top 10 of the draft. That's not a fun place to be. No. Um, speaking of which, Tankathon has <laughs> like their auto-generated mock draft. Uh, the Packers are picking seventh in it. The top picks are Caleb Williams, Drake May, the two quarterbacks we just talked about, Marvin Harrison Jr., an amazing wide receiver for Ohio State. Jared Verse, the pass rusher from Florida State, who – I think it's probably overrated. Um, Olufashanu, the tackle from Penn State, he's going to go super high in the draft. He kind of got his butt kicked by uh, Ohio State this past weekend. And then Joe Alt, the tackle from Notre Dame, who's a good pass blocker. He's kind of like a Jake Matthews type of guy. The player that they have the Packers picking at seventh overall 
Brock Bowers, tight end out of Georgia, who is currently <laughs> dealing with a, uh, I think it's like a high ankle sprain surgery. So he's not even on the field right now. He's a yeah. 6'4", 230 pound tight end. I think they would burn the entire state down if they took a tight end <laughs> at seventh overall. Um, <laughs> especially after taking two in, in rounds two and three this year. And um, especially a guy who's 6'4", <laughs> 230. Yeah. There's some tackles in this draft, but if you're not going to yeah. go, if you're not going to go quarterback early and you're not going to get Harrison, you kind of got to go tackle is yeah. kind of, I, I haven't done all the work there yet, um, but that's kind of the feeling that I'm getting up there. All right. Um, let's take a break and then we'll get into the vibe checks. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And we're back. All right, let's talk about this godforsaken offense, this let's terrible offense. I hate this. Um, Screen Bay is <laughs> in full effect. I hate it. Why are they running so many screens? Do we run stretch anymore? Why don't we run stretch? Why don't we run RPOs? Isn't that have... the whole thing that we're oh supposed to be God. doing? Like the, the thing about the preseason stuff that got us excited about Jordan Love wasn't him hitting deep shots down the sideline. It was him hitting these play action crossers over mm-hmm. the middle of the field. You can't really do that unless you're running boot and you can't really run boot unless you're running stretch. Why aren't we running stretch? Why aren't we doing the RPO stuff to get, you know, easy yards? Like I don't get it. For somebody who's, you know, who's talked at length about the the run game setting up the pass the pass game, Matt LaFleur doesn't seem to make those calls that set up the the past concepts that work. So I I don't understand how everything fits together. I, I mean, is he just is he just calling plays willy-nilly and and not really thinking about how they set one another up? I I don't I don't follow. I don't follow what the intent of this offense is. They also said uh I guess we should get into like injuries and stuff. They said uh, Aaron Jones was feeling 100%. That was obviously a lie. He got eight carries for 35 yards. Yeah. AJ Dillon doubled uh his amount of carries. Um we mentioned already, you know, Myers was out momentarily on the offensive side of the ball. Um, other guys who got hurt, it looked like Christian Watson went down. Um, There's some speculation that it's like an LCL injury or some, or MCL injury. I can't remember which one it was. Well, and that was on a ball that uh, that Jordan Love threw behind him, and he had to yeah. kind of stop and reach back to get and took a little bit of an awkward uh, plant on, on his leg or something there. So, fun. 
Luke Musgrave got popped in the head and ended up hurting his ankle. He's in a walking boot now. Apparently, he was in a walking boot uh, in the locker room after the game. Devontae Wyatt left with a knee injury. No one really knows where the knee injury started because, I mean, I, obviously, there was the play. He got hurt. They sent it to commercial. They said, yeah, he was wa- he's walking back um, to the sideline. And then shortly after, they show him being carted to the locker room. But he popped up on the injury report with a with a knee injury this week, and he didn't have that against the Raiders. So something must have happened either that Monday practice, the like post-buy practice that they don't have to report an injury report for or something like that. So looks like he might be out for a little bit. Carl Brooks, the sixth-round rookie, stepped up in his place. I thought he did fine. Uh, Devondre Campbell still out with the ankle injury. Not great. Uh, Jair Alexander also missed this game with a back injury. That was a f- like, he was not on the injury report at all on Wednesday. Then he popped back mm-hmm. up on Thursday um, as a limited participant. They asked LaFleur if uh, Jair was able to make it through that Thursday practice, and he would not answer. And then on Friday, he was just a non-participant completely. So I wasn't surprised when uh, he wasn't playing. Um, Carrington Valentine actually ended up starting that outside corner. In place of Alexander, not Eric Stokes, who was called up or activated from the, the pup list on Saturday. Uh, Stokes played a couple special team snaps and then re-injured his hamstring that was injured at some point during the recovery process for his Liz Frank injury that ended his season last year, which is why we haven't seen him on the field in like a year. Uh, Darnell Savage uh, had that calf pop up again. Um, I think there was another injury, but I'm forgetting who it was too. So, yeah, I mean, the defensive side of the ball is not in a pretty spot. Yeah, I mean, this is turning turning into a mash unit again. And um, fun. This depth of this team is is already going to have been tested, but uh, now it's going to be tested even more, especially in the secondary, um, which is a place where we thought was actually kind of a, a potential area of strength uh, for, for a little well, while. We thought this... the same thing about the offensive line, too. But yeah. Was... You get some guys banged up there. Yeah, it looks less of it. Uh, the other guy was Jaden Reed, who was hurt before halftime with a shin injury and ended up coming back. Um, I don't think we could block anyone well. <laughs> the receivers are running the wrong routes, which again, like, Matt, Matt, what the fuck are we doing, Matt? <laughs> I, I, the, the other thing, too, if we're on the topic of Matt, I just want to say this before. I forget about it because I think I've been meaning to mention it already. They came out of the bye and were like, yeah, we're going to do a bunch of the Miami Dolphins stuff. Where the hell was that? I don't know what they mean by the Miami Dolphins stuff, but like none of the motion that they're using is similar to what Miami does. And I would, it's hard not to think of all those motions when you're talking about the Miami Dolphins. So I don't know what the Miami stuff means, but this ain't it. I don't know what it is. Well, and they, frankly, they don't really have the the horses to run a lot of that stuff. I mean, that that team is so so built around just pure speed, and you've got one or two guys, maybe. I mean, Watson when he's at full strength, yeah. maybe Reed, you know, has the has the gear for some of that stuff. But that's about it. I mean, they certainly don't have it at running back. I mean, Jones is more of a, a burst guy, not a not a top end speed guy. Certainly, Dylan isn't that guy. So, um, mm-hmm. Ben Sims, big catch. Ben Sims today. <laughs> Why not? Why yeah. not? Oh, it was tight goodness. end day. It was national tight end day. They had to get him in there. Uh, of course. Get him a yeah, ball. I, I heard that. 
What? <laughs> why is there a National Tight End Day? I don't know. I said that all over Red Zone this morning. I have no idea. I think that I think the tight ends all got together and decided that every week seven Sunday is going to be National Tight End Day or something. I don't even think Denver's defense played particularly well. Yeah, but it's like, why didn't we spam? Like once Kareem Jackson was out, right? Why didn't we spam his replacement? Why don't we spam? Um, what's his name? Twenty seven. Uh, well, let me look it up. Damari Mathis, right? Mm-hmm. Like why? Why aren't we throwing everything at him? That's a guy who's been a liability this entire season. If you want to talk about Dolphins, right? The Dolphins lit him the hell up. He didn't show up on the scoreboard or on the box score at all. He didn't even get a tackle. Like, he wasn't near the ball. I, we should have made that guy near the ball the entire game. What the hell are we doing? Well, it, this this goes back to some of the issues we had with him earlier this season. Like, in the Atlanta game, why do we keep testing AJ Terrell instead of yeah. the, the corner on the other side? I can't remember who the, the guy was on the opposite side from him. But why are we throwing the ball at AJ Terrell? Why are we not spamming um, the other guy? It seems like this is a problem that we've had all season long is they don't identify the, the areas where the matchup favors the, the offense and, and just go after that. Maybe the only time that they tried doing that was in that new Orleans game when they just threw the ball at Isaac Adam over and over and over again. That's about the only time we've seen that all season long. Offensive vibe check. I'm like a zero. This has broken me. (laughs) This has broken me. I mean, it's just – it sucks to watch. Yeah. It's legitimately not fun to watch. I, I, I'm being totally honest. I've watched not necessarily like bad Packers teams, but like I've seen bad Oregon Ducks offenses, for example, right? And I've like tuned out for like half a season and just like kept up with the score and stuff like that. I think if if my attention was not uh, fixated on this team because I'm covering it and I'm receiving money to do so, I think I would have it on a watch it on my phone or something while I have red zone on, on the big TV. Like it does not deserve my full attention right now. Yeah. Yeah. I watched most of this game uh, on my phone in the car, driving back from uh, a little weekend trip. And um, yeah, that was about appropriate for the quality of uh, the video quality matched the, the quality of the play, put it that way. Um yeah, zero if only because negative number and a vibe check doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, it's bad, man, and I, I I don't know what you do, but they yeah. got to figure out some ways to win. And it's if you can't figure it out by the end of the year, I I think a lot is going to fall on the floor, mm-hmm. um, and probably justifiably so because we're talking about you know add RPOs, add strat. I mean, how many? It's week seven, dude. You had a buy. You had a mini buy. Like, the hell are we doing? Um, Defensive side of the ball. Thought the guys played fine. Um, Just want to shout out Isaac McDuffie for just being a half-decent linebacker in this stretch that we haven't had Devondre Campbell. There there would have been times where, uh, oh, man, what was his name? I'm spacing out. Um, Ty Summers. If we had to have Ty Summers in there. Oh, my God. That's what I was going to say. I was like, there would have been times. I was about to say... Big ass white dude from TCU was, was how I was going to explain Ty Summers, who played special teams. Yeah. Um, yeah, if Ty Summers would have been in here for this stretch, I mean, he would have 
gotten absolutely massacred. So the fact that we know what we have in McDuffie, even with his limitations, like thumbs up for me. Like, yep, good for you. Um, they're not getting much out of the pass rush outside of Rashawn Gary at this point. Even Clark, like I don't think Clark had a great game, and I've been banging the Kenny Clark has been great all season kind of a, a drum. Kingsley and Abara made a couple of plays. One one thing I do not understand what they're doing. I think it was the second defensive drive of the game, and Brenton Cox is out there on the first couple of plays. And I'm sure it's some sort of like pitch count thing. We want to make sure our pass rushers have their legs underneath them, you know, for the fourth quarter. The second drive in yeah. the first quarter, an undrafted rookie free agent who had played one NFL snap before then in the regular season, and he took on a cut block pretty poorly on that one snap. Do we need to do that? Like, we're going to sign Justin Hollins again, <laughs> like, on Monday um, for, for you know, the, the roster spots and stuff like that. And they wanted to play Hollins more than him. So, like, Brenton Cox is really, like, the sixth outside linebacker on the team. Like, how much rest do these guys need? And if they can't play, why are we paying Preston so much money? Then? Like, I, I don't need them to be Max Crosby 100% of the snaps. But, like, why are they subbing out? on the first play of like a drive starter in the first quarter, what the hell is going on after a bye week Let's, after let's not forget week. that. <laughs> Dude, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand no. a lot of the things that are happening. And I think, I think the defense has played half decent, especially considering all the guys that they're missing over the yep. last two games. You know, that's hardly the problem. I know people have kind of put the Joe Barry stuff on the back burner for now. And I think kind of rightfully so, like the offense is a much more pressing issue right now. Yep. So, yeah. I mean, again, you, you couldn't score 20 points on a team that had a historically epically bad defense through the first six weeks. And that wasn't just that Miami game that, uh, no, that, that did that. I mean, they were, they were bad. The Bears scored points on them. The Jets scored points on them with Zach Wilson under center. Like, Guys, there there are few excuses left to be out there. I mean, now now, uh, so one of my buddies, um, who's not in media or football or anything, texted me and he's like, "You guys were the uh, the fake overreaction week one team, weren't you?" And I was like, <laughs> "You know, kind of maybe." Um, because outside like of that, it. I mean, they've had one good quarter against the New Orleans Saints, and that's yeah. kind of been it on the offensive side of the ball. So. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. We will see. Um, don't know what they're doing at safety with the with the uh, savage injury. Mm-hmm. Anthony Johnson Jr. was the first safety to come in for him, and then they ended up using Jonathan Owens after that. So I, I don't know if that's because Jonathan Owens was the second slot in their dime stuff, and they still wanted to be able to use their dime package in the game or something like that. And then once they were like, we're not going to be in a passing game script like let's just play Jonathan Owens at safety I don't I don't know what the decision uh was there for but don't be surprised when you look at the snap counts tomorrow and you're like wait Anthony Johnson Jr. got in like yeah for a little bit well I still believe that uh he can be a a useful player at some point on defense but um I think Jonathan Owens being on the field is bad for Jonathan Owens so yeah (laughs) I I, yeah I think he needs to lay low he needs to lay low um, vibe check like a six. Like they're not yeah. bad. They're not five, bad. Six. Right. I'm like right sitting right down the middle. 
Right. They're not they're not the problem. They're not uh they're not winning this team games, but they're not necessarily losing them either. Yeah. Special teams. Uh, Anders, we've been watching you, my man. I've been perceiving you. Everyone said when it, when Anders missed it, they were like, "Why aren't you perceiving him?" I was perceiving <laughs> him. I was extremely perceiving him on the second uh, field goal attempt. Um, don't know why he missed it. His brother is apparently having a pretty tough stretch of it uh, with the Raiders right now, too. So mm. I'm sure that's not correlated in any way, but just a heads up. I don't know. I mean, that, that right hash got him again. That was the hash that he was having all those troubles with in the preseason. So yeah, some lined up over there. I'm like, I got a bad feeling about this. And yep. Lo and behold, pushed it wide left. Keyshawn, you psycho. <laughs> Keyshawn tried to return a kick return that literally was blown dead because he was out of bounds. We, we might need to take the keys away from Keyshawn. Like we might. <sighs> Maybe. But I will say, before I realized that the Denver Broncos were going to throw that end of gameplay with just barely enough time, by the way, they got like mm-hmm. a, they were lucky by like a half second mm-hmm. on that end of gameplay, or the Packers would have been in field goal range to be able to potentially kick a game winner. Um, I was pretty excited because I was like, oh, we're going to get a punt return here. And there's probably no one in football that would rather have take this punt return than Keyshawn Nixon in yeah. that spot. Because I know he's going to do. Something, Something absolutely psychotic. Yep. But he's gonna try so hard to get into the end zone. <laughs> um so yeah, I'm Keyshawn's down on the list of worries, but what a psycho. Yep. What a nut job. Um he's obviously not having the same season that he had last year, but he some some of the things that he tries to return are just crazy. Nuts. Daniel Whalen, uh, shout out to him. He got the little Ireland sticker on the back of his helmet. There were a, bu- a couple guys. That's cool. Had, had yeah. stuff back there. Uh, I think Aaron Jones had the German flag um, because I I guess his family was stationed in Germany uh, for a while. His you know pops pretty famously was in the army, I believe. Um, so he got that uh, three punts, 155 yards. One of them was a touchback. Two were two were down inside the 20, um, or, or two landed inside the 20. One was returned by Marvin Mims. Pretty good day by Waylon. Um, yep. Might have had the best game of any of these guys i i mean gary <laughs> had a couple pressures early on early on it looked like the packers defense was just going to steamroll the broncos offensive line um like the first two plays of the game russell wilson got popped pretty good and then yep i feel like he never got hit again after that <laughs> he went 20 for 29 so yeah yeah we total uh ended up with three hits three quarterback hits in the game Gary got one, and Ibarra had the one, and then Preston with the uh, the sack for zero yards. Yeah, trip tripping up, uh, tripping up Wilson there. Yeah, <sighs> good for the stat sheet. Hope mm-hmm. hope you hit some incentives or something for that. Um, yeah, I will say if we're back onto the defense, uh, just real quickly, like Jaleel McLaughlin was a guy I was really worried about, and he really only had that one long play. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, he was kind of bottled up and. Javante Williams wasn't really doing anything. So you keep Javante out there. That's kind of a win uh, for the defense anyway. Special teams vibes. I'll say like a 6-2. Yeah. Yeah, like a 6 because you missed the kick. I don't really trust the return game. So, (laughs) yeah. It does feel like they at least – Whelan is – Performing to a level that justifies him getting the job over O'Donnell yeah, at this sure. point. So um, he's been a nice little 
a nice little surprise and and we're seeing i think improvement in his game a little bit um because it, it seemed like everything that he was putting out there was going into the end zone the first couple of weeks of the season and his last couple of games he's kind of um finding some of those uh finding the spots a little bit and, and being able to drop them inside the 20 which is nice Chargers fans are freaking out about jk scott by the way so they're like dude this guy can only kick like 40 yards it's like yeah kind of yeah i mean he's just consistently gonna kick like 40 yards mm-hmm. um look up on the site to see if we missed anything we already talked about the uh gene territory thing right did we not a little a little bit yeah the um didn't get into the the whole broadcast issue but so so the way that he explained it right was they both have possession so it's a simultaneous catch and what it came down to was whose feet hit the ground first i was like what i didn't know that but you know you would know more than me and then afterwards and and if you guys don't know like the, there's a referee available for the press pool that then has to answer the questions about, you know, hey, would you guys see, you know, on this player or whatever? And he was like, yeah, no, that's wrong. That's not how, not how we ruled it. Like, he caught the ball, so he caught the ball, and that's kind of how this goes. I still don't understand how this play is any different than the replacement refs game or the fail yeah. Mary, right, where Seahawks fans still to this day are like, that, that was the right call. I genuinely do do not know what that ruling is in the NFL. Yeah. Well, and it, it's interesting to me that Sterator is the the pick for um for CBS as as much as I'm not a big fan of Blandino, Blandino for Fox, at least he was the head of officiating rather yep. than just you know one of the one of the referees. Yeah. So, for for better or worse, um I'm going to trust Blandino's interpretations a little bit more um than than somebody like Sterator. So Sterator is an interesting guy too, because he was, in addition to being an NFL referee, he was a basketball referee for the Big Ten for several years, also. Yeah. So he's done all sorts of stuff, um, which is interesting. But um, yeah, that just uh, so so funny to to hear the the pool reports come back and and the ref just being like, yeah, no, that what what he was saying has absolutely nothing to do with how this was officiated. So weird. Um, yeah. Shout out to. Uh, Dean, by the way, he I he worked with us with the uh, XFL, and he's tight nice. with Sam. And if I ever have to get something weird answered, I ask Sam, who could then ask uh, Dean. So nice. that's how that's how I uh, grease the wheels here. <laughs> um, I think that's it, man. That this game sucked. I don't know what yeah. the hell I'm going to talk with Andy about on Tuesday. <laughs> I, I don't know. I might just be like, can you believe it? They're giving us money. They say the Vikings are underdogs. That's crazy. Let's just, yeah. let's just put all of our money. Let's put our life savings on the Minnesota Vikings next week. <laughs> uh, well, they still got to play the Niners tomorrow night anyway. So maybe that's, maybe them being on a short week is, is given, you One know, day. is yeah, responsible extra, for a point or two. The extra preparation has certainly helped the Green Bay Packers <laughs> over the past couple of games, right? Yeah, there you go. Oh man, this stinks. Oh, this stinks. So, so I, tired. So tired. No, no caping for anyone. It's as bad as you think. We're, yep. We all see it. We all see it, guys. Um, yep. I don't. I don't know if love is the answer, but we have to see some progression soon. Mm-hmm. Point blank. Period. I mean, you can't see the same mistakes over and over again. Um, yep. The receivers and, and... not knowing the routes. 
particularly on the same play. So against the Raiders, the the route that Musgrave messed up that led to LaFleur yelling at him on the sideline, right, is the same one that Christian Watson messed up on that step play. <laughs> that, like, the ball came out of nowhere, and um, I think it was him and Reed, like, ran into the same spot. Mm-hmm. It's the same route on the same play. It's just one of them is flipped to the right, one of them is flipped to the left. There's different guys running it. But, like, yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, stick. high school kids run stick. High school kids run mesh. They messed up mesh against what was it, the Raiders? Yeah. I think it was. Yep. Like, what the hell are we doing? We look like we've never played a football game before. Yeah. This passing game sucks. Fix it for the love of God. It's, it's bad. It's bad, guys. All right. That's Oof. it. Go pack go. Go pack go. <laughs>